0: You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got The Dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating
1: world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating show. I'm Noah. And today we're going to take a look into what it's like to date Daniel. So, Daniel is a single adventurous dad living in Los Angeles. His son came to him and his ex through an open adoption, something they love to speak about openly. And his company is in its 20th year, a design for custom interiors, landscapes, and social around the world. Excellent. Welcome to the show, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Fantastic. So 20 years with the company. That's fantastic. How old is your kid, if you don't mind me asking? The kid is
0: seven and a half, going on nineteen and a half.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, they, it's a wild time to be a, to be a young young person right now with all the technology and stuff. You grow up very fast
0: with the technology, with COVID. Yeah, it's an interesting ball of wax, but mm. we're getting through it. Now. Yeah.
1: So give everyone listening just a little bit of background on you and your current relationship status. Just if, if we were to meet you at a farmer's market and uh, we think you're single and we start talking, what would, uh, what would that background look like?
0: Uh, everybody thinks I'm straight when they walk up. So there's that side of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a single dad. It's interesting. Post-divorce, I've been going through this long five and a half year divorce, but it's actually been some of the most amazing transform, transformative times in my life. A lot of the BS that I had drugged through my teens and 20s and 30s has resolved itself or found a new home. Self-esteem, self-worth, all of those things have found a new healthy status. And so I comfortably say I'm, I'm single by choice. That's not really what I want, uh, but I am single by choice. There's plenty of offers out there, but I also know very much what it is I'm looking for. And I realize what I'm looking for is a damn diamond in the rough.
1: In the meantime, do you date around? Do you have some, uh, just some boy toys? Uh, Like, how does that work? All the
0: above. And then
1: COVID hits and that makes it really hard to be
0: single. Sometimes I talk to my non-single friends and I'm like, you guys are freaking lucky because even if you don't like your partner, you still have your partner And you just you can't bitch about that. But as single people, we can't go to the bars, we can't frolic. You're not supposed to be hooking up on the apps. It's a really tricky challenge to be single during COVID. Like literally, I think there's going to be like an award for surviving that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very fascinating. I love how you're like, even if you don't like your partner, you're still lucky. That's hilarious. How you must have had some experience with some ups and downs in your last relationship that have given you this new viewpoint on what you're looking for in, in your next relationship.
0: You mean the one I'm divorcing from? Yeah, exactly. definitely some major things I ask on the on that questionnaire. Are you bipolar? Are you schizophrenic? Are you, What sort of mental uh, health issues might you have? Yeah, no, it's definitely opened up my eyes to a, a, a large side of things that I'm really not interested in dealing with. In life. That said, I'm still a very compassionate person and I, I've got a lot of empathy, even for my ex. It, it, it's a sad thing that he's got to deal with. But um, focusing on the going forward, the being positive, I really just, I really, I'm an optimist. I believe the best in people. I actually just recently had a couple dates with a really stellar guy we're probably just not compatible on a few levels. He wants monogamy. I don't. I'm kinky as, can I say swear words on you? You can say oh yeah? as many as
1: you want. I'm yeah. kinky
0: as fuck. I And I wear it proudly. I've known my proclivities the majority of my life. Before I even came out 30 years ago, I, I knew I was a kinky SOB. And it's important to me. And I keep for odd reasons, I keep finding people who want to be monogamous and who aren't kinky. And like, that's <laughs> just not who I am. It, it's a challenge. It's a mm. challenge. There's, there's a lot of times that I wish I wasn't so kinky because I could have 100 people as a partner, but the kink, it's not just wearing socks and sneakers while you boink. For me, it's a lot more than that.
1: It's tricky. When you do find someone who is very sexually liberated, oftentimes that comes at the cost of being rational and sane and having their life together in other areas. And it's very difficult to find someone that has both of those qualities. And And so you're able to have A, this extreme wild fetish side that matches whatever you're looking for, and then also having the caliber of having their professional life or whatever their communication style in place and just being quote unquote normal and stable. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I actually I have a, a, a bunch of kinky friends and they're some of the most successful people in America. And I mean that like financially. They're CEOs and very driven and successful people. And what I've learned over the years in all of my adventures is there for the, there's a certain intensity and a certain almost type A personality that is that overachieving personality. And so they strive for another layer in like their sexual activity, whether, it, whether they find vanilla sex boring or they just like the intensity. I love, for me, I'm a designer, I'm a, I'm a sense-oriented or, sense based person and I love to merge all those worlds in, in nearly everything I do. So sex for me is about the smell, the taste, the touch, the, the sense, you take away the eyes, you take away the hearing, whatever it is, but you're playing with all of these senses that we've been given to utilize. And it's not just lying in bed, making out and and rubbing knuckles together and hoping for a happy ending. (laughs) A lot more work involved.
1: (laughs) I would love to hear some stories of some times that maybe if you would be able to reveal the kimono a little bit and share some of the stories that maybe all the buttons were being pressed and it was just a, a really fantastic sensory experience. Like What goes into a night like that?
0: It's a weird thing to try to say for me. So I'll speak as if from the dom side, from the active role, because that's where I usually end up finding myself because I'm good at it. I never, some people really like to plan what they do. I suppose to some effect, I do plan a little bit of it. You and I, we're, we're chatting online, wherever it is we're chatting. I, What are your interests? What's turned you on? What kind of porn do you watch? So I'm gathering all that information. That's the same thing I do in my, my work, right? If I'm designing a house or something for somebody, I want to know all those little details. Do you jerk off with your right hand or your left hand? Because they become very important details. Do I want to make it more difficult for you to jerk off since you're right-handed? So I'm going to give you your left hand so it feels like another person. There's all those different layers that go into that this is a whole different topic than dating <laughs> but uh, it's all those layers I'm constantly watching listening and trying to tune into the things that are gonna you know turn you on that are gonna I, I think a lot of fetish bondage play can really find itself harnessing an element of fear And of course you can go the negative side of fear and, you know, torture somebody with that fear, but you can also kind of edge somebody into that layer of fear where, where they're excited by it. And Mm. it's all those senses. A hundred years ago, I was playing with somebody. He had a, an experience as a young child that he never thought of sharing with me. But as we started playing, it brought that stuff up and, Again, as my work life merges so much with the rest of my life, I, I find myself having these like therapy roles. So in that particular case, we paused our scene that we were on. We talked about it. We discussed the good, the bad, the ugly, and whether we wanted to continue on. So, Those things that will happen on occasion. For a lot of people jump to spanking. They were spanked by their parents when they were little. They either do or don't like that as an adult. The psychology that goes into sexuality, much less fetish sex, is just that's episodes and episodes on its own. It's, uh, it's really fascinating to get in there and play with that. It's one of the things I love.
1: Yeah, it, it really does sound like you're taking the time <laughs> to really look at it and understand like what is actually happening here. And it's a rare, it's a rare thing. Like A lot of people just dive in and, and without really thinking. So, so it's interesting that you put that perspective on it.
0: I would be uh, disappointed to not put out there as well, especially since this has gone in this direction. Having somebody that you feel safe to explore that with is always important. And luckily for me, I'm a good, safe, sane person player. I've played with very influential people and those secrets remain safe with me. But also just again, if you're playing and pushing on a boundary of something that affected you as a child or as an adult if you had a if you were actually raped and somehow the a scene portrayed a rape again those nuances that we all can be affected by i i love to know that you are safe with me i will take care of you i actually happen to be first responder training so you're medically safe you're emotionally hopefully safe and i really try to play with that knowledge kind of upfront
1: do you use that like on the grinder profile? You have a little like subheading like "I'm certified," so don't worry. No, that
0: usually comes up in conversation. But yeah, it, I can put my little uh, red cross symbol. On it. yeah, exactly. It's kind of like
1: a blue check mark. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, right now my grinder profile more so highlights my feet. That's been an interesting piece of my grinder profile. I never in my life would have thought it's a totally different demographic of people that are approaching me. You normally put your odd, awkward headshots on there to attract people. And in this case, I've been a bit more playful and more forward because again, I know what I want. Uh, so anyway, I put these pictures on my feet and it's a completely different demographic. Just on top of that, now I'm over 40. So now I'm in that daddy zaddy zone. Yeah, it's, it's a totally different world. So I'm trying to appreciate and just enjoy the the date of my now. Yeah. Gosh, damn it. I just want a husband. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you're listening, find me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's talk about that. You know, how, so it's been a little while since you've been going through this divorce. You're obviously still dating, both of you are still moving on and, and finding other people. What, what resources are you actually using to get out there and meet people now? Is it is it primarily just through the apps? Is or obviously you can't go I'm to the bars to because of hire corporate. those
0: people that stand on the corner and spin those signs for <laughs> that. Yeah. In my gut, I've always felt like the person I'm going to meet is going to be introduced to me through a friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I really I I actually love that kind of old school method because there's something so genuine that your best friend who really does know you and plays that connective material. Or I've I've had a client or two try to connect me. So there's that. Yeah, I, I'm on a couple of the apps, the Scruff Hinge uh, Grinder. I get really frustrated with the apps. My, my OCD starts coming out really bad. I, I'm not a good small talker. I like to go in for the guts. And people on the apps, they just always want to talk about how the day is. They want to talk about their latest recipe. It's like they just all this small talk. I'm not a small talker. Let's get to the business. Let's get to the chase here. There's things to do.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. As we're transitioning a little bit towards wrapping up, I I do want to hear maybe what we're talking about husband, we're talking about longer term relationships and compatibility. What do you think the secret to being a better communicator is?
0: I think we're all in this zone where we think we're great communicators. And the reality is we all have different sensibilities to that communication. So I really think it comes down to just, and I hate to use the word because it's so cliche anymore, but the authenticity, you just got to own your truth. You got to be who you are. Something that you couldn't have told me as well when I was younger is is essentially that it's just, you can't make somebody love you. I think that comes in life and experience. You start to understand the full spectrum of that statement. You can't make somebody love you and you're either a good match or you're not. So you might be on your best behavior in your first initial dates, but ultimately you're gonna have to be honest with them, whether that's farting and burping out loud or whether that's telling them that you're kinky SOB, you, you gotta be honest with that, who that is, because you have to be happy.
1: Yeah, very cool. So as I think for our final way out, let's end on a story. And <laughs> I, I, let's let's find a, let's find a good positive story. Maybe this could be a time that you had a date and in this moment, on this date, the guy you're with, it was like the perfect boyfriend. What happened? What did it look like? And, and, and just if you could recreate that, what elements would you recreate?
0: He threw me when it was having the, he was the perfect boyfriend. Because if he was a perfect boyfriend, he would still be here.
1: This is true. But, and that, People change. That's, I think that's the thing. Like yeah, some, I'll even just,
0: that. because it's so fresh, it's so new and current rather. I had this date last weekend. It couldn't it be a sweeter, kinder, nicer guy. He absolutely wants monogamy in only in one form. We talked about this on our first date, but somehow I thought we were on a different page and and it went on to a second date. So there's the monogamy. And it was hard. We had a conversation the other night, both recognizing if we're going to be honest with ourselves, that we absolutely could fall in love with each other. The recipe is absolutely there,
1: Hmm. but
0: will we both maintain happiness for the long haul? And although it's a sad story, I actually think it's a very happy story too, because it is again, about being authentic and genuine to who you are. I look forward to maintaining a great friendship with him. He's sexy as hell. And, and that's just part of, it's part of the process.
1: Yeah. I I feel like we glossed over one thing that I I would like to get your insight on and, and that's just relationship models in general. And so uh, there's a difference from monogamy, polyamory, open and all that stuff. And it sounds like you're gravitate towards is it open or poly, something along those lines?
0: Yeah, I don't think I I don't think I would be very good at poly, at least by my definition of poly. Open, yes. And here's what I always like to say for myself. Open doesn't mean I need to be a whore and a slut and I need to bang everything that you know is around. But again, it's more about the creativity. And especially when you when I get into the world of the bondages and the fetishes, there's There's so many varieties of things, and and maybe my partner isn't into doing this. So I need that freedom to maybe just go out and do that once in a while. So that's where just having that ability to be open. I do know some people who claim to be in a monogamous relationship, but they still invite a third or fourth in and they still call that monogamy. I'm fine with that too. So again, it's just I, I absolutely want the core relationship to be strong and solid. That needs to be stable. And I believe. Holy in that but at the same time then it's fun to know that you can venture around and, and spice it up and do other fun things yeah cool. not and just then, when you're on a work trip
1: <laughs> yeah it's good and then how do you deal with the communication around that
0: i just have to gut through it and be honest to myself and thus to them cool. it's, it, it's a it's a commitment i have to myself and it's just it's part of what has to happen because i am too old to keep doing this shit
1: very cool. no, it's been, it's been beautiful having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your story and, and your venture. Yeah. How do people stay in touch with you? If that future uh, husband is listening. I give.
0: It's always good to start off with the Instagram, D- designer dad, DZNR dad. Um, and I've got the D- uh, YouTube channel there that I'm slowly getting going, but uh, yeah, DZNR dad.
1: Fantastic. All right, Daniel. Thank you. You too. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. Don't forget to swing by Apple, search for Dirt on Dating and give us a like, subscribe and drop a review in there as well. That helps us grow. That helps other people find the show. And of course, if you want to be featured on the show, visit dirtingcom slash single to introduce yourself and tell us your story. That's it for this one. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe talk dirty and we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild
1: dating adventure